Hello, welcome to Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday, where all your questions for your primary care doctor are answered. Our goal is to help our listeners make their wellness a priority and live out long, enjoyable, and fulfilling lives. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Weekly Dose with Dr. Uday. I have a special guest, and I'm very excited. So Dr. Stoggerberg is here with us. She took a time out of her busy schedule to be with us. We're going to be talking all about self-confidence from the perspective of a psychiatrist, which is um, Dr. Stoggerberg's um, formal training. So I'll start with introductions, and then we're going to get started. So for those that don't know me, my name is Dr. Uday. I'm a board certified family medicine physician. I am based in Martinsburg, West Virginia. I um, co-own a primary care practice, namely Apple Valley Family Medicine. And my goal is to have my patients feeling and looking good. So Dr. Stockerberg, if you could let us know a little bit about yourself, I'm super excited and can't wait to dive in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm excited too. This is just a such an important uh, topic for people to cover. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Dr. Elaine Stagerberg. I'm a psychiatrist by training. I had the good fortune of training at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and just you know so delighted to have the opportunity to train at such an institution and to really focus not only on pharmacology and prescribing, but really heavy focus on therapy and mindset and the things that we can do, you know, in, in our own selves to to help with our self-confidence and the way we feel and augment the things that, you know, we're doing with our primary care physicians or, or psychiatrists. I'm married. I've been married for about 12 years. I have four young children. I have a one-year-old, a three-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. People always no. ask my hobbies. And I'm like, well, the no. children are my hobbies. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, I love it. Wow. So you're definitely busy. So I have three of my own and I definitely understand. So let's actually start with the first question. So from your perspective, what would you define self-confidence as? Yeah, excellent question. You know, I really love the word self-agency self-agency. So I, you know, when I think of self-confidence, I think of, you know, things like feeling good, feeling centered in oneself, feeling sure of oneself, you know, all of those things probably resonate with the listener. I do think, unfortunately, that self-confidence has, you know, maybe sort of kind of gotten a bad rap over the last many years of like, oh, it's like rah-rah or woo-woo or, you know, you kind of like pep yourself up for a day and then, or, or you know, maybe even for just a few hours and then, you know, kind of go back to not, not feeling so well self-agency maybe that's a a topic that maybe you know fewer folks have heard that's the idea that as humans we are in control of ourselves and that's really what separates us from all other animals in in on earth is that we have the ability to see the future to have a plan of this is what i would like to accomplish in the future and then to work toward that plan And then we also have the ability to tell ourselves stories about what we're experiencing in life. And we'll get into that as as we go on in in the questions here. But that's the idea of self-agency, that what we we see in our world is really through the lens that we see it. And we can choose to have a very empowered sense of self-agency, a very empowered sense of self. And in doing so, 
can feel so much better, can feel so much more in control of our emotions, can enjoy the joys more, but also weather the storms better, right? We know that life is good and life is bad, and we want to enjoy ourselves to the fullest when life is giving us the good stuff. And we want to um, handle the harder stuff as best we can and learn from it and bring it into our stories in a very empowered sense. And all of that is the concept of self-agency. That is very interesting. That's really, really um, a good way to put it. Lots just have me thinking my, my um, wheels turning. So mm-hmm. the other question I have for you is, so in your opinion, what um, contributes um, to low self-esteem? Like Mm -hmm. self-confidence, what would you say? I think the thing that I see, you know, particularly in modern society in, you know, 2023, almost about to be 2024, is unfortunately we spend so much of our time second guessing ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? We spend so much of our time comparing ourselves to what we see on social media, what we see on advertisements on, you know, television, or even, even audio only advertisements that we might hear on Spotify or something like that. Like we were fed so many messages of kind of this hybrid of everyone else is perfect and this hybrid of you need something in order to be fulfilled. You need this product or this experience or this thing. And so our minds are just sort of left with this constant question of, am I enough and do I belong? Am I enough and do I belong? And and to me, that's the essence of sort of low self-esteem or low self-confidence is getting wrapped up into that narrative instead of having a very empowered sense of self, an empowered sense of self-agency, an empowered sense of saying, everything in the world is the story that I tell myself. So a really simple, you know, the the example is so simple that I find people kind of find it to be humorous is, let's say you and I are sitting in the same room and it's 68 degrees on the thermostat and we walk up to the thermostat and we agree together. Yes, I see the thermostat, you see the thermostat. We both agree that the thermostat says 68 degrees. You know, we, we don't, we don't have any worry that like the thermostat is broken or that you're seeing a different number. We, we definitely agree for you. That might be a a wonderful temperature. You you're, you're nice and cool. You feel refreshed. You feel great. For me, that might be ice cold. I'm shivering. I can't concentrate, you know, whatever the things are. That's an example of how the story that we tell ourselves is reality. The reality that you have is that this room is a perfect temperature and I feel great and I'm able to get you know my work done. And, and my reality is I can't concentrate, I'm shivering, I need to get a space heater, this is miserable, you know, all of the things. And that extent and that example is so simple that we can all sort of agree, yeah, that I've been in a situation like that, you know, maybe with my partner. One of us wants the the room cool and one of us wants the room a little warmer. Right. And that extends to everything. So if we see something in, say, social media or in family dynamics or or what have you, um, you know, maybe it's maybe it's family dynamics. Maybe our mother-in-law or our sister-in-law or someone says something to us that, um, you know, we could interpret it as, um, well, that's rude or she's rude or how dare she say that or she doesn't understand me or um, I, I wish the family was different, right? Or we could interpret it from a very empowering lens of, um, I wonder if I shared with her these feelings, if we would understand each other better. Or 
you know, usually she's in, you know, we have a really great relationship and that really hurt. I'm going to circle back in a couple of days to see maybe she's having a really bad day or, you know, even something, maybe it is a relationship where there has been some trauma or some breakdown in communication. Wow. That really did hurt, but I know that's not about me. Right. right. So this isn't about positive or about toxic positivity or everything, sunshine and rainbows. There can still be boundaries. There can still be self-care, but we can tell ourselves very empowering stories. And then it's easy to see how that then leads to a higher sense of self-confidence, of self-esteem, of self-agency, a story of, wow, that, that thing that, that this person said to me, that was really hurtful, but I know that that's about them. That's about right. things that happened in their childhood or are going on in their own lives. This isn't a reflection on who I am as a person. I can choose to set a boundary. I can choose to still love them, but not allow this hurt to continue. Right. That's very empowered versus um, you know, this person said something that hurt my feelings. I'm no good, or I'm not worthy, or I don't belong. Everything that we experience as humans, the thing that separates us from all other animals is that we get to decide how we interpret information. We get to choose to tell ourselves empowering stories, and we get to see the vision of the future that we want to create and then move toward that with intention. That is very powerful. So it's not the external stimuli, it's your response to it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Dr. Vic, Vic, Victor Frankel, um, you know, one of the world's best ever psychiatrists, um, he was an, an Austrian psychiatrist who unfortunately you know, spent time in a concentration camp during World War II. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the book, Man's Search for Meaning. And exactly the concept that you just summarized there in that one sentence that in between the stimulus and the response, there's a space and we get to decide what happens in that space. And he, you know, he wrote that from a place of being in prison and, you know, watching his, his friends die and wondering if he too would die. And he said, but I got to choose the mood that I would be in that day. I got to choose how I would interpret the events. I would find pleasure in, you know, a cool breeze or a little piece of music or a nice conversation with someone in the midst of all of this suffering. The book Man's Search for Meaning, I highly recommend it for everyone to read through, really gives you a deep sense of that human self-agency we all have inside of us. So um, I guess the other thing, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of listeners would want to hear this, is so um, if there's somebody out there listening um, to this that, you know, is struggling with self, you know, self-confidence, self-esteem, um, what have you, um, any actionable tips that you can give them? Um, and I feel like it's been ringing through in what you're saying. So but just formally um, actionable tips you would give them to boost their self-confidence. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the first thing I, I must say as a psychiatrist is that if at any point in the journey, you know, things have gotten heavy enough for you that you have suicidal ideation, get help, right? There's always an alternate path. There's always an alternate solution to something like suicide, which is a permanent solution to the temporary pain uh, that, that someone is experiencing. So whether that's your psychiatrist, primary care, a loved one, a religious leader, whomever that is, there are plenty of resources out there. Perhaps in the show notes, you could put the, the suicide you know, prevention hotline that's available 24 seven in our country. 
Um, if you if you feel like it's more of kind of a day to day struggle and you, you're thinking, what are some tips that I want to pull out of you know my tool bag to help me with this? The first thing I would say is remembering this sounds a little silly, but remembering that our brains are connected to our bodies. And particularly in Western medicine, we've kind of split the two, right? We've kind of split physical health and mental health. And there's there's some reason for that, that mental health has, you know, some different attributes to it. And there, you know, might need some therapy and some other things. But remembering that our brains are, are connected to our bodies and thinking about what can you do in your body to help yourself feel really good. A very simple thing that I love is what I call power postures, Wonder Woman, Superman, whatever you want to call, <laughs> standing up, putting your hands on your hips, elongating your spine, pulling your neck up, standing there for about two minutes. Almost everyone can do that. Even if you have had you know, different injuries or you're elderly or what have you, almost everyone can just stand in that very empowered pose for about two minutes. And studies show that when we elongate our spinal cords, we produce more oxytocin, which is the connection hormone. We produce more serotonin, which is our feel good hormone. We produce more dopamine, which is our positive reward hormone and we produce less cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So we're sending these signals to our body that we're calm, that we're in charge, that we're centered, that we're present, and that we're not stressed, right? When we're stressed, remember, we're either hiding or running. We're not standing tall and proud and standing still. So it's a very simple thing. You can incorporate it into your routine every single morning. I do it as soon as I wake up every morning. I drink as much cold water as I can possibly take in. And then I do my power posture for just about two minutes. It feels so good. But you can also do it throughout the day, right? Many of us have jobs where we're sitting a lot of the day. If you know you're going into a tough meeting or you know, you just had an argument with your spouse or your kid or whatever, just go and, and do your power posture and remember that you are signaling from your brain to your body to produce the set of hormones that you want to have in, in your body. Um, and then think about how can you look at whatever is happening from an empowered perspective? How can you rewrite the story? How can you rewrite your interpretation of whatever's happening? I find that if you lean into gratitude or what lesson can I learn, you can spin around almost any negative event. All, you know, a, a friend, you, you get excluded from a party or something like that. You can spin it around to like, that, that's a hurtful thing, right? For, for human beings, yeah. you can spin it around to, I'm so grateful for these other friends. Um, I'm, I'm so grateful for the friendship I do have with that person. I bet there's a bigger reason why I wasn't invited to this particular thing. I'm so grateful for these other activities I can be doing with this time, right? One is a, is a position of um, feeling less than, feeling unwanted. Those are common feelings that we as humans can circle ourselves back into. And the other is um, an empowering story focused on gratitude. And again, I'm just trying to give like little common examples here, but those two things are things that I would come up with for just sort of your day to day. You know, how can you get yourself feeling better is do your power postures and focus on how you can tell yourself an empowered story. That those are very simple and very powerful. Mm -hmm. so, so much for that. Cause I'm pretty sure there are people listening. <laughs> that would and, and the thing that I'll, the thing that I'll throw out there is mm -hmm. they're almost so simple that yeah. no doubt there's some listeners that are thinking like, well, that's too simple. That won't help me. And to you, I'll say, I get it. They do sound <laughs> so simple that you're like, that's too simple, right? They, they work, they work, they work. 
in, they work with your kids, they work with yourself at work, they work with yourself in, um, you know, tough situations, enjoyable situations. Sometimes the beauty in our mindsets is going back to things that work that are just so simple. The basics, simple to do, simple not to do, right? So mm -hmm. absolutely. It's interesting you mentioned kids because that's exactly what I was thinking about. I'm like going to be all over that with my kiddos. So thank you so much for that. So actually, I was going to um, flip on the other side and just um, ask, inquire about um, things that you do outside of medicine, other interests that you have, if you wanted to share. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. So in addition to those four crazy kiddos that, that, that take up a lot of my time, um, I actually became a real estate investor um, many, many, many moons ago, well before um, even starting medical school and continued to grow my portfolio. And so today I run a large real estate investment company called Black Swan Real Estate, where I work with passive investors who invest money in our company. We go out and we buy single family homes and apartment buildings. We do large renovations. We manage those properties, take good care of them, take good care of the people that are living in, the, in them, and then deliver returns to our passive investors. The name of the company is Black Swan Real Estate. Awesome. And then um, a question I wanted to ask is with what you've done with real estate, um, how, like if you had somebody else looking into it, how, how has that impacted you so far with, with how far you've gone with it? Yeah, excellent question. So, um, you know, that's such a multifactorial question. There's lots to mm -hmm. unpack there. Yes. But the thing that I would say that you know, going back to telling ourselves empowering stories, right, is no matter where you are in the spectrum of your finances, what can you do that's empowering? So I was legally emancipated when I was 16. I lived in government housing. I finished high school myself. I, I remember my very first check from McDonald's that passed $200, right? So I, I've, I've been in that end of the spectrum. And now I'm you know, on the spectrum where I'm managing, you know, literally hundreds of millions of dollars of, of real estate. And the thing that I would say is think about what you can do with your finances from an empowered place. And what can you do thinking of the future, right? What can you say, this is what I want life to look like three months from now, one year from now, 10 years from now, my retirement, you know, all of the things. And then model your daily behavior after the future outcomes that you want, recognizing that there might be some short-term sacrifices. Maybe it's foregoing some purchases that you wanted or changing jobs or asking for a promotion or picking up a side gig, whatever those things are, but it gets you toward the future that you want. And before you know it, that future will be here because the time is gonna pass regardless. So if you can think about what you can set up in your financial world to empower yourself as much as possible, start by getting out of consumer debt, paying down credit cards, car loans, those sorts of things, saving an emergency fund. At first, maybe that's just you know one paycheck's worth and then you build that up to three or six or 12 months worth working with a trusted financial advisor to ask, you know, based on my age and my income and my risk tolerance and all of those things, what should my investments look like? I have found that real estate investments tend to give outsized performance as compared to more traditional investments like stocks or bonds. And so I made the decision early on in my life to invest very heavily in real estate. And I, I'm reaping the financial benefits that come of that. Again, there's a lot of risk benefit analysis there, but all of it comes back to the idea that if you, you know, 
as, as humans, we're, we're kind of taught to kind of put our heads in the sands or not look at things that maybe seem complex or where there's like some decisions to be made, maybe just set that energy aside and say, money is such a critical part of life. How can I approach it from a very empowered perspective, have the information that I need, learn more, right? Hop on Google, listen to podcasts, whatever it is, work with your advisors, learn more, come up with an empowered plan, and then take the steps to get there. And for me, real estate was a big part of that. That's awesome. So the other question I ask um, all my guests that come on is with all the experiences that you've had, all the life you've lived so far, if you got a chance to meet your 20 year old self, what would you say to her? Mm. That's a loaded question, isn't it? Yeah, that is is such a such a good question. So I'm 37 Mm -hmm. years old. I'm about 20 years away from that. And rather than one specific advice, I, I would tell my 20 year old self a story. So, you know, I just shared, I was emancipated at 16, all sorts of family trauma, physical abuse, sexual abuse. Unfortunately, my parents had very serious substance use issues. My father eventually passed away of a drug overdose. I have a brother who's just a few years older than me. And through all of this, we were not close. And I look back with just such mourning of that, of wow, you know, maybe we could have handled some of those storms together. But for whatever reason, we just, we just hated each other. We just did not get along. And just this past Thanksgiving, after many, many, many years of space and then repair and then conscious effort on the relationship, he and his wife um, drove halfway across the country to spend Thanksgiving with myself, my husband and our children, stayed with us for four days. Um, It was just a beautiful experience. And we all got along and we were able to talk about our childhood and remember the hard times, but also remember some of the good times and talk about, you know, what we would do differently, right? It's always easy as adults to go back and think, oh yeah, when we were 15, maybe we should have done this. Um, But it was, it was just such a nice experience. And I remember, you know, just kind of looking out on Thanksgiving day and thinking to myself, a younger version of me would not have believed that this was possible, but life is so long. Mm -hmm. And if you just commit to a vision you can repair relationships, you can build new relationships, you can find a new way, you can set new traditions in your own life, in your family's life, in your community, your, you know, all of the things. Life is so long that there is time to do those things. And, and, and then simultaneously, you know, I'm 37, my brother's 40, the good Lord willing, we live another 40, 50 years. We have a whole lifespan of this new positive relationship ahead of us because we put in the effort over the last 10 years to repair it that led to this really beautiful Thanksgiving that now can lead to you know, a whole different life that you know, when we're 80, 90 years old, you know, passing away, we can look back and say, yeah, the, those really early years, they were tough, but we figured it out. Um, that, that, that this Thanksgiving is definitely a, it will be, a, it, it is becoming a pivotal moment in my entire adult life as I'm reconnecting with, with my brother. That is beautiful. That is so beautiful. You guys thought you guys, it was going to be good, but we didn't realize it was going to be this good. So I'm so, <laughs> so, so, so happy for you, but thank you so much. So the other question I always ask is people that want to connect with you, want to look you up, all that good stuff, where can they find you? Absolutely. So our website is meetblackswan.com. Meetblackswan.com tells you a little bit about myself, our company, our portfolio, how to invest with us, how to learn about real estate investing, sign up for a newsletter. All of the things are right there at meetblackswan.com. 
Thank you so much. This was so good. So you guys definitely look her up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So on the flip side, if you're looking for a great family medicine physician, we are accepting new patients at Apple Valley Family Medicine. Um, our website is www.applevalleyfamilymed.com. Our number here is 304-350-1087. You guys have an amazing week. Thank you so, so much. This was amazing. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe, share, and include a review. Don't forget, you're worth it, and your health is our priority. Tune in for another episode next week, and have a great rest of your week.